Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, November 10th, 2020, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Well, Mercury has gone direct now, and by November 19th, it will be totally out of the post-shadow and completely in the clear, so I'm really glad about that. Well, our very special guest this evening is our dear friend, Lynn Harden. Lynn has been walking in two worlds since 1994 after a life-changing automobile accident. Spending three days in a coma, prognosis being she would never walk or talk again given the MRI, she did survive. Her short-term memory was gone, and it took several years to start connecting the dots. The magic of why process was given to her as a way to restore her condition. The magic of why process has now been used by individuals, families, groups, and businesses to intentionally move into a model of love, acceptance, and abundance, rather than the traditional hierarchical model of fear, exclusion, and lack. If we are to succeed as a species, we must love, trust, care, share, and allow. Lynn has lived this spiritual knowing because of the accident, while having to operate in the hierarchical man-made illusion that there is not enough, where being number one is the goal. This is a model that must be changed if our species and our planet is to survive. No longer will fear, guilt, shame, anger, and violence be acceptable. Ms. Harden has been elected to public office as chair of the Oklahoma City Public School Board, worked with Masaru Emoto in Japan and in the United States, brought Eve Ensler to Oklahoma City, uh, producing the Vagina Monologues to sold-out audiences in Oklahoma City. And she said, who knew Oklahoma City was a vagina-friendly city? Um, That's in her monologue about her visit to Oklahoma City. Lynn worked in Saudi Arabia with the first privately funded women's college in the kingdom and was also invited um, as an attendee of the United Women's World Peace Conference in Switzerland. And you can contact Lynn through her website, which is magicofwhy.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds not heard in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Kathy and Fiona for hosting the Switchboard tonight. For those who may have a question or comment for Lynn, we have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's continual dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk and listen to them later. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here and you'll get our show notices, which go out twice a month um, if you enable those. Our main website is starseedhotline.com. The Stage 1 Starseed Confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart. And the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
please be aware that due to uh, the massive global starseed activation that's been going on for close to two years, our stage two waiting lists are at about five to six months. But the stage one wait time is finally shrinking to just under 20 weeks now, and it will continue to be reduced thanks to our new team of astrologers. If you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And that only takes a few days. But remember, if you want the stage two interpretation of that chart, that's when you'll need to order it six months ahead of time so you get it in before your 10 hours. So first up tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia. I can find you on the switchboard. Okay, here you are with the Starseed News. Oh, good evening, Ariel. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for that applause. <laughs> oh, you're so worth it. <laughs> oh, you're so worth it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I suppose I did earn it since, quite frankly, it's getting a bit more difficult these days to find positive news. So anyway, here we go. Here is a really cute story. Did you know that Joe and Jill Biden have two dogs? Well, they're going to go to the White House. We're going to have new dogs in the White House. Their most recent addition, the Bidens, is a German shepherd they call Major. And they adopted this dog from the Delaware Humane Society in 2018. Now, before they made their adoption official, the Bidens spent some time fostering Major. And they tell us that fostering a dog serves as a trial run to see if everybody's going to get along. But it also frees up space at the shelter, meaning the shelter can rescue another dog in need. Now, the second dog that they own is also a German Shepherd named Champ, and he moved in with the Bidens in 2008. So they have a dog they got two years ago and a dog that they got 12 years ago, and these dogs now have their own Twitter account. And the Twitter (laughs) feed reads, We are so proud of our dad, at Joe Biden, the first presidential candidate to receive 75 million votes. But Major their most recently adopted dog, will be setting a record of his very own as he's the first ever rescue dog to live in the White House. We're going to play all day and receive countless treats. (laughs) And uh, they are at First Dogs USA, if you want to find them on Twitter and follow that feed. So uh, two dogs in the White House and one of them is a rescue dog. Pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. Well, sad story. Nevertheless, like I said, all the news can't be positive. This is the world of 3D reality, as flimsy as it is and as broken as it's becoming. But uh, this also has a positive side to it, so I'm going to share it with you. And but Let's start out with the bad news first. That is that Denmark is having to sentence all 17 million mink to death because of the coronavirus mutation. Now, there's this slew of countries um, and designers and stores that have banned mink farming or mink products in recent years because uh, minks have been abused in farms, and there's also a really bad impact, uh, environmental impact to fur farming. But now Denmark is the latest country to join that list, and it's for a very different reason, not because they're necessarily opposed to inhumane, uh, inhumane treatment of minks, but because... A mutation of the coronavirus has been detected in these adorable animals, causing Denmark's government to mandate the culling of all 17 million mink currently being raised on fur farms across the country. Now, Denmark produces more mink fur than any country worldwide. 
It's home to over 1,000 mink farms containing between 15 million and 17 million mink. Now, the minks on fur farms are often subjected to crowded, dirty conditions. They say this is the perfect environment to a virus to spread and, and mutate. Um, they say it's not unlike the live animal markets in China where COVID-19 reportedly originated. But now, according to the Ministry of Environment and Food in Denmark, they're going to incentivize the farmers to kill minks as quickly as possible by offering them money for each mink. And they say with every single farmed mink in Denmark being wiped out, including the breeding mink, the industry is effectively destroyed. They say that they're trying to get rid of an unsafe situation as long as the coronavirus pandemic is going on for the foreseeable future. Um, Animal Protection Denmark is, a, is an organization. Uh, they say they believe in getting rid of the mink farming industry in Denmark because it, they think it should be a permanent decision, not a temporary one. They say, quote, the right decision would be to end mink farming permanently and help farmers into other occupations that does not jeopardize public health and animal welfare. That's uh, okay. Uh, in Nevada, we, they had an election like everybody else, and they approved something called Question 6. Well, in California, a question is called a proposition. But let us just say that it was an amendment to the ballot. And what that means for statewide uh, benefit is that they're going to have renewable energy in Nevada. Um, now, the presidential race was the first thing on everybody's minds, main category for voters. But there were a number of statewide decisions to be made, and in Nevada – voters were requested to vote on major environmental issues and the ruling of one particular item was passed in the favor of planet earth so now nevada's latest law mandates a 50 percent shift to renewable energy by 2030 now this uh, question or this amendment uh, created a bill and a constitutional amendment requiring the state's electricity providers to shift upwards of 50 percent renewable energy by 2030 and this vote this issue was voted uh, on clear back in 2018 but in order to amend the constitution their state has a requirement that a rule has to be voted on twice so therefore the initiative was put on uh, this year's uh, uh, ballot and it was officially passed this year so now nevada's electric utilities will have to make sure that they meet this mandated goal they say that the electric utilities are going to be required to sell at least 26% renewable energy next year and the year after that. This is according to a Reno newspaper. And thereafter, that number is going to be increased by at least uh, up all the way up to 42%. And then by 2030, providers are going to be required to sell at least 50% of renewable energy moving forward. Now, the U.S. Energy Information Administration, yes, there's another one of those. My goodness, so many agencies. I've never heard of that one before. But the U.S. Energy Information Administration considers Nevada to be a reliable solar power source because the state receives about 300 days of sun every year. Sounds wonderful. But they say it's also a treasure trove for geothermal resources. It has the Hoover Dam. And they say that Nevada is just a virtual gold mine for renewable energy. They tell us that 50% by 2030 is ambitious but realistic. It will establish Nevada as a national leader and bring significant health and economic benefits to the state. 
They tell us that Maine managed to meet a 4% renewable standard, but they say with Nevada's uh, resources, both uh, all of solar, wind, and geothermal, 50%, quite a bit more than 4% in Maine, Nevada's 50% is well within reach. What an ambition and a very uh, hopeful thing. I wish them well with that. Um, in Texas, <clears throat> you know, they're having a problem that uh, most of us don't face. Most of us can fill our glass with tap water, if we dare. <laughs> we can drink that and refill it without worrying about water. However, that isn't the case everywhere in the world and certainly not in Texas. Texas is one of several U.S. states that's facing really serious issues regarding its tap water supply. And unfortunately, they tell us this is going to worsen. As the state's economy continues to rapidly expand, its water supply is predicted to continue depleting with a foreseeable shortage predicted for 2050. 2050 looks to be a pretty significant year in many ways. Uh, one of the researchers said that Texas does not understand shortages. Texas, It's the Texas mentality. Texas is so big, we've had a hard time coming to grips that resources are finite. We've never really had to deal with anything like that. But finally, we're reaching that point, according to this researcher. So, because Texas is experiencing a population boom and the economy is blossoming, we have to face the fact that its water is depleting. And according to Echo Watch, the state's water research agency predicts, predicts that demand for fresh tap water will continue increasing along with the population. It will heighten by the middle of the century, and it will reflect uh, situations that are had in China, India, and Australia. <clears throat> so, on top of that, Texans are facing contamination. They recently have had water supplies infected with the brain-eating amoeba. Now, yeah. hopefully, the contamination has finally been taken care of. We really hope for that. Um, but they say that with the uh, prospect of an oncoming drought and a growing population, Everybody that lives in Texas needs to be mindful of their water and start working on that. Like right now, it's time to do something about that. So if you live in Texas, you might want to get active with that particular important matter. Well, wonderful news out of the Rosebud Sioux Tribe uh, a reservation. There's going to be 100 bison moved to this new home on the Rosebud Sioux Tribe land. Uh, you know, it, these months have been really stressful for human beings. Um, but right now, in a wonderful twist, it's a bit more tranquil for the American buffalo um, because they are being given a place to be. So just recently, within the last week, a group of 100 bison were released onto Native American land in South Dakota. And they tell us this move is making history in more ways than one. Now, these bison previously resided in Badlands National Park and Theodore Roosevelt National Park, and they were under the control of the National Park Service. But now they have uh, moved to the Rosebud Reservation. Now, that range is 27,000 acres. It's native grassland. And the tribe plans to welcome a total of 1,500 bison to their land over the next five years. And once they do what they are calling the Wolakota Buffalo Range 
will be the biggest Native American-owned and Native American-managed bison herd in North America. They tell us that there's endless benefits to the Wokalota Buffalo Range Project. Um, it's going to help revitalize the Rosebud Sioux Tribe, uh, particularly their historic relationship with buffalo, their own culture and heritage. They say it will get the ball rolling for new environmental regenerations in the whole region. It will sequester carbon and fight climate change, provide jobs, and provide food to the community. Pretty amazing. It's just sort of one of those unknown, unreported little factoids that really has kind of a big metaphysical significance and I think is closely related to the rebalancing of the planet. So very important unknown uh, bit of information there for you. I think it's very good Wonderful. Yeah. And in Mexico, the vulnerable sea turtles are nesting now at record-breaking speed. They are going at it. Now, when (laughs) coronavirus lockdowns first went into effect, uh, there was one silver lining. We've talked about that before here. Uh, People have been talking about how animals began returning to nature in the absence of human activity. Well, now, this month, this year, um, human absence from nature has just about become a way of life. People just are staying away from locales where they used to go, where there were big crowds. And this miraculous pattern continues. And most recently, this record-breaking number of vulnerable sea turtles nesting on a Mexican beach is now the topic of the news. Now, we've talked about the Ridley sea turtle before here, but this one in particular is the olive Ridley sea turtle, which is classified as vulnerable by the Worldwide uh, Federation. Uh, And as reported by the Arizona Republic Media, a turtle conservation group recently released more than 2,250 baby olive Ridley sea turtles into the Gulf of California. And this group is run by an indigenous Seri community, which is based in the Mexican state of Sonora. So these are indigenous peoples doing this work. Now they tell us that even more uh, turtles are expected to hatch in the next few weeks. They call these miracle births uh, to be as a result of the lack of tourists and fishermen on the beach. Um, one one of the people involved, the conservationist involved, said this has been one of the hardest years ever for our community. Uh, the pandemic brought sickness and death to our people and complicated the economic situation. And that's why we are so very happy that in the middle of this tragedy, this miracle of nature happened as a result of fewer fishing boats and tourists and also through the efforts of the entire community. So while 2020 is going to go down in history as a pretty bad year for humans, at least the sea turtles caught a break. Yeah. So that's good news. That's good news. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, you guys all know I like Einstein. I quote him quite a bit. And the more I find of his quotes, the more I realize that he really was quite the metaphysician. And when we think about moving into the future and building a new world, yet beyond these tough days and these challenges and these stresses and the confusion and the breakdown seemingly of everything that is old as we try to to rebuild into the new. I want you to keep in mind something Albert Einstein said. He said this, imagination is more important than knowledge, for knowledge is limited to all we now know and understand, while imagination embraces the entire world, all there ever will be to know and understand. 
So forget oh. what you know <laughs> and use your imagination. Envision a new world. Envision possibilities and let your soul be your guide. Things open up and miracles do happen and the world can be reconstructed and be made whole and balanced again. It's up to us. We can participate in that as we are doing every day as Starseed. I'm just encouraging you <laughs> that this is the way to go. And so don't look at what you think you know. Look at what you can imagine. And imagine the most beautiful, wondrous thing you can think of. Because really, that's so much more important than we could ever know. And the only way we're going to know that that's important is if we practice doing it. Because once you practice doing it, and sometimes it's really hard, you know, to get your imagination to not imagine awful things, as society has kind of trained us to do, but to imagine beautiful, wonderful potentials and possibilities and healings and good outcomes and all of the things that really the soul longs for. If we get practice in doing that, then once the beauty starts to happen, we can know for sure that that is what works, and that is how we create the world, and that's how we hold everything together. Don't let anyone take your imagination away from you. And don't let anyone guide your imagination into negative uses. So if you're feeling worried or depressed or scared, upset, doubtful, confused, how about if we just kind of set all that stuff aside? How about if we begin to use our imagination to push through all of those visceral fears and chemically driven stresses and what the world is seeing and the energy that we feel palpable in the air around us and tune into that quiet space inside to the heart of our love and our concern and beauty and from that space bring forth a question within yourself what is worth imagining what can I contribute to this world and to this time of tremendous change what can I pour forth from my imagination that will give me new life, that will give me good health, that will enable me to fulfill my mission and to bless this planet to the good and benefit of all beings. What miracles are inside of me to bring out through my imagination and my dreaming? We can create a beautiful world if we just dream it, but it has to start there. So from my heart to each one of you, each and every one of you, much love, have a beautiful week, everybody, and thank you, Ariel. Oh, you're so welcome. You do a great job, and thanks so much for bringing us the Starseed News and some really good points to ponder. So, um, good night, everybody. <laughs> thank you, and we'll see you in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I am going to get our guest and Lavendar. We've got a lot of people on the switchboard tonight, so give me a moment here to get these buttons clicked and where are you there's lynn okay okay so lynn thank you for being here with us tonight it's wonderful to have you here well thank you it's my pleasure yeah well you know you you call in and and give really valuable feedback for a lot of our guests and now it's your turn (laughs) and i know you've got a lot to share so let me get um, lavendar get your mic open you ready to go, Lavendar? I'm here. I'm ready to go. Okay, then. So, my friend, Lynn, you and I have known each other for about almost 10 or 15 years now, and I'm so happy to have you come on our show and tell us about that some of the things that you've been involved in in the past and things that you're about to do in the future. So why don't you just give us a little uh, insight to 
maybe what happened to you after your automobile accident? Let's just start there. Okay. Well, I um, I think what happened was I spent a lot of time in kind of an ethereal space and realized that being having that connection is very different than being in what I would call a hierarchical business space. That spiritual space of connection, which in the quantum field, um, the science is getting very clear that we're, we're coming together to understand that um, everything we think, all of this vibration is alive and it is making a difference and we are creating exactly what we're doing and this poor planet, our Mother Earth, is crying out for all of us to really come together and calm down and, you know, get the heat leveled out a bit because what we're doing in our country um, affects other countries and certainly what's happening in other countries affects, this is a closed system. So whenever that violence and hate and disagreement and all of that challenge um, comes out, um, it it is not unlike my accident. Um, I had lost all of my short-term memory. They really didn't believe that I would I guess given the the results of the MRI, they told my mom that even if I came out of the coma, that I would not be able to walk or talk again. So that was three days in the coma. I woke up. I I was amazingly well, except I had lost my short-term memory. And so... It is absolutely just like Groundhog Day. You wake up every day, and my son would have to tell me how to get him to his school every single day. It was just, you know, it's so, um, he he used to just be so embarrassed. He'd go, Mom. I'd go, I know, I'm trying. But I was given this process, literally, I believe, given it, and um, called the magic of why, which showed me the two models, the model of fear and the model of love, and that those two models colliding create that crazy-making infinity model where we go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And so the process is really about calming down, doing some meditation, and removing yourself from that crazy-making and setting your own putting your staff in the in staff down and saying this is where I'm going to live from and that love model is based on each of us literally being a star and we are all absolutely the stuff of the stars we're made from the same same chemical makeup as the stars and we basically have the ability to create and do anything so once I got, uh, you know, I did some work with a young man that had been trained um, to do some regression. And so 
it took it took quite some time for me to really connect all the dots and get back into uh, a more physical body. I spent um, quite a bit of time in kind of in an ethereal space, if that makes any sense. Oh yes, we know about ethereal space. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, but it allowed me. I think just um, it allowed me to really consider so many things, and so many things just kind of one thing led to another. As you know, the synchronicity that we all experience every day, if we're looking for it or expecting it. Um, it happens, and so I've had the great, I had worked as a young person, I had been involved um, with a man um, by the name of Dr. Stuart Wolf, and he, he, was, he is actually known as the father of psychosomatic medicine. He was a physician in my hometown and was very close to my family, and in as as I was hired back to Oklahoma City from uh, Florida, I went to work for a school uh, to raise money and reconnected with him and was able to take students to his, he had a research institute in just outside of New York City in Pennsylvania and so had the wonderful opportunity to work with him and and then through the magic of why through the process and the I, I did a couple of CDs and had an opportunity to work with a very talented composer in LA and did some original music for it and his name is Jonathan Sachs he did the uh, did the work uh, on Toy Story and many many movies and is a very talented young man and so he. I got to orchestrate original music that he had, and then I got to put it together. So many, many things happened. And then I went to um, uh, Switzerland to the um, Women's Peace Conference. There had been a men's peace conference, and they felt like nothing got done. But I, I think that women... And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about women tonight uh, when we get into it. And I don't mean to exclude men, but women have been living under the monocle of men <laughs> for a long, long time. And I think that um, it's now time to start living under the monocle of women because we are the ones that create life. Um, it's not to exclude the men, but all women are looking for a bit of a masculine side. We're all all humans are looking for that balance within themselves, I believe. And women started not only looking for it, but achieving that balance in the late 60s, 70s, 80s. Basically, when we went out into the into the workforce and had to you know, be involved in making making a living because that hierarchical model that that really has a religious connotation and women were way down on that level. And then even in the business world, the CEO is in the top floor and the janitor's in the basement. And so we've we've had this structure of this 
hierarchical structure for so long and women actually operate in a circle. <laughs> you know, we kind of want to get around the campfire. And so I believe that we're, we're coming into a time where many, many men and especially young men are coming into a time when they're able to really explore and find their feminine side and becoming more balanced. And um, the, old, the old white men that have had such privilege and such, um, there's been so much just given because of that status and I think that some of the political things that we're going through right now um, are from that old model that there's some resistance to giving it up. There's also a whole lot of resistance to understanding that we want, we want, we need to bring in the feminine and that regardless of sex, we've got to bring in this feminine model of coming together and getting around in a circle and cooperating with each other because we're killing our planet. Our systems are not working from our education system to healthcare to prisons to anything about the ecology. When you hear about the water in Texas, well, the water in Michigan was ranked for years and no one would even admit it, kill people over it. You know, so we've got systems that are so broken because I think a lot of this is that women have got to stand up and we have got to be, um, we've got to be the mothers of this earth. And there are many, many males that understand being the mothers. So I, I just... Um, I have hope, but I, I feel like that we have got to stop um, perpetuating this old hierarchical, I, I'm going to be on the top floor and everyone else has to be below me. It just does not work any longer. And it, Yeah, it's not going to work any longer. And, and because of what is happening now on the planet, I think this is the time for a lot of women to rise up and take their power. I would like for you to tell the story about Eve Ensler and the Vagina Monologues because I think that is just a major story because you kind of launched Eve and, and made a lot of things happen for a lot of women. So would you share that story with us? Sure. Um, I was invited uh, to, I, I was going to New York. Um, I had met um, uh, a, a woman at the uh, International Women's Forum in Mexico, uh, and um, Willa Shallot, and um, she is she is the daughter of Jean Shallot, who was for many many years an announcer and a commentator on television. And so she invited me. She said, "My friend is at this little theater. I was going to New York for another meeting." And she said, "Please come and." You know, to it's it's a it was an off 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 Broadway theater called Here H E R E, and so um, I go to <laughs> I go to this little theater, and uh, I've had a, a friend of mine. He met me, and I'm in shock. You know, when I when I hear 
the um, vagina monologues and, and it's Eve giving the monologues. And so afterwards, we were invited to her apartment um, in uh, she's and so we stayed and there were a number there were about 15 women there with her these women were from the former Yugoslavia they had been one was head of a hospital one was head of psychiatry and their story of necessary targets is the event that I went to and it was stunning it was done just with about six actresses and Meryl Streep was there it it uh, she acted in it and there were no props nothing on the stage for necessary targets and so I asked Eve if she would um, I called her and, and I said the next time I went to vagina monologues, but I called her and I said, would you come and do necessary targets in Oklahoma City? And she said, well, I can't because it's been commissioned and we've sold it basically. We, I don't have the right to bring it there. And she said, but I'll bring the vagina monologues. And I'm telling you, uh, Lavendar, at that time, honestly, I said, well, could we call it, could I advertise it and call it the V monologue? <laughs> and she said, when if you can't say the word, you can't do the play. <laughs> I said, well, you know. And so, but having met these women who had been, what happened in the former Yugoslavia was nothing more than exactly what we are doing to ourselves in the United States today. It was not about race. It was not about religion. It was not about anything profound. It was about ideology. It was about who's going to be right and who's going to be wrong. And one of the young women that I sat with and met, and she was at the time when this happened to her, 15 years old. Her younger brother was 9 or 11, somewhere in that age. And her mom was from, let's say she was from, she was a Republican, and her dad was a Democrat. And she said, when I grew up, everyone wanted to talk to me because they wanted both sides. They thought it was great that my dad was from here and my mom was from here. Then this crazy person started just building hate in the country and we hate these people and so finally the 11 year old boy gets in the military with the people that hate the democrats and they come in and they decapitate the son brings them in the young girl's house on a saturday morning and they decapitate the parents in front of these children, she is taken and put in a fenced-in area as a to be used for the soldiers. This beautiful, young, 15-year-old girl. So her, um, her story is in the monologues, and it's called My Vagina, My Village.
meeting that young woman was honestly amazing to me. So when Eve said I, she would come and bring the vagina monologues, so I literally, we had to do it practically underground. Um, I, I, funded, I produced it and then gave each night to a different woman's organization. One was for breast cancer and one was for the Global Family Foundation. And then um, the other one was for Planned Parenthood. And we literally, I had to load a stage in a truck and, and bring in the chairs. <laughs> we filled an, a, a space in Oklahoma City. We could put about 125 people in it. And so we sold out. And the, there was a Friday night, a Saturday night, and then a Sunday performance. So by Saturday, people were calling me can I get tickets, can I get tickets, can I get tickets? We had one night left, and I said, if you want to bring your own chair, I can't even get any more chairs. I said, we can take a few more people, we'll fit a few more people. Well, they were literally lined up, cars and popping their trunks and bringing their chairs in. And so it became literally, Eve wrote a, a monologue about vagina-friendly cities and called Oklahoma City. She said, who knew, you know? So, and, and, then, and then that performance went on and was on Broadway. And um, she has been really a phenomenon uh, because she has been so singularly focused on abuse um, uh, to women. I think that she's isn't she also on HBO with her vagina monologues? Can't you get get it on HBO? Do you know? Yes, I I I, I believe there was a um, there was a special on it. I don't know whether it's just the monologue or whether it's sort of a um, the the one that I know that happened was kind of a show, and she has let this she has let this um, her work be used at, at, um, over Valentine's Day at colleges all over. It's happened all over the world. And so they can use it as a fundraiser, and she has just basically given that script to be used by whoever. What's so she doing now? Many, Do you know? Uh, she's just written another book. Yes, she's, she's still in New York. She went to upstate New York, and she... Um, she wrote a very painful um, personal memoir about her own experience in her family. And I am so sorry I'm not recalling the name of it, and I have it and I've read it, and it's, it's quite poignant. And, and sometimes it's hard. You know, um, I think women are just beginning to realize how deep the wounds are for us. And um, we, we, have, we have been chattel for a long, long, long time. And I know that um, you and I spoke just briefly, but when, when I, I watched um, the Helen Reddy um, documentary. Oh, yeah, I that was a not, yeah. It, it it was just amazing, and and when when I realized, you know, I when I really heard the words, she says, "I am woman, hear me roar," in numbers too big 
to ignore. And I know too much to go back and pretend. Because I've heard it all before, and I've been down there on the floor, and no one's ever going to keep me down again. (laughs) That's the first verse. It's (laughs) stunning. The words are stunning. And then, of course, the refrain goes, oh, yes, I am wise, but it's wisdom born of pain. Yes, I've paid the price, but look how much I've gained. If I have to, I can do anything. I am strong. I am invincible. I am woman. So yes, she, I, I listened to it yesterday. I watched the movie and listened to the songs yesterday, and I, and I must say that I don't know what I was doing in my life in that period of time when she was in Vegas and doing all these things, but I was not aware that she did this song for the women's movement until I watched this movie, and it just really stunned me. I thought, how did I get so out of touch with what was happening with women during those years? But I guess now is the time for me to rise up and say, you know what, after you're gone off the planet, Helen Reddy, we'll take it from here. And that's what I said to Tammy when we got up from the movies. I said, you know, we're going to take it from here. Three Sisters Spin, we're on the way. So I just was really thrilled that you had passed on to me this movie and and bringing up this this information that's so needed now for not only women and men but for our planet and for the kids that are to come to the planet. Would you give a little history about ERA and what happened with all of that? See, I didn't even know that when I saw this movie. I said, how did I miss not knowing that ERA had not been passed? I Well, you and I, I, I had very much exactly the same thoughts. I thought, how did I go through as a very, you know, on the front edge of of doing things that were very unusual for women. Um, when I was, I started my first business, I had a dive shop. I even gave, I certified the Navy SEALs in Key West, Florida, because they didn't have to have a certification to go into a sport dive shop and get air. So they to come and get their little certification from the Y, you know, which which we were offering at my little dive shop. But um, so I'm on literally. I've got I'm, I've I've started a tennis club. I'm teaching tennis and swimming and scuba diving and doing all of these um, working with the SORC and the Southern Ocean Racing Circuit. Created the Fort La- helped involved in the Fort Lauderdale to Key West. racing, you know, it's still on every year. And I'm thinking, where was I when this was happening? Because it was basically, I I mean, I was just obviously doing other things because this was so important. And the ERA and this song became the anthem for the women's movement. And when I found out Betty... uh, Betty Flashley, she gets on and she is she she is stating in the 70s that if this thing passes, where we'll be is unisex bathrooms, which we have everywhere today. So, and and the ERA is not passed. I I was so incensed 
and and it was so unbelievable to me that we are still women are still trying to get equal wage for equal pay i mean for equal work that we can't even get that far and we're in the year 2020 about to go into 2021 and i'm over it i'm like you helen <laughs> we're going to take it from here because yeah, this is this is so absurd that we are still that we are still in in this broken system and in all of this conflict and and that we that we're still talking about pulling all of the minerals out of this earth we're still not concerned about our environment and i i i want to say that there are i i've seen two things that are i believe are really important relative to the environment there is a film on netflix called kiss the ground and if we don't understand that our air water and soil creates healthy plants animals and people we have got to and it's the women of the world um even in helen reddy in the, in her last stanza she says i am woman watch me grow see me standing toe to toe as i spread my loving arms across the land and i just imagine us as females around the world just reaching out and grabbing each other's hands because we have got to take this back and stop this nonsense it just will not work the the biggest gun is never going to win anything it's just going to blow up everything so so, so I, let me let yeah. me say this to you Lynn i am so proud that you have decided to take on uh, this project that you've been working on. So why don't you, I know one time you discussed with me a plan for women to get together and and decide what kind of products that we should buy. And if and if the, the male-orientated uh, people on the planet want to push it down our throats, we'll say no and we'll just, just not buy that product. You know, we have enough, we have enough power uh, to do this. So would you explain exactly what you explained to me years ago about this because now is the yes. time you told me about this years yes. ago and I'm going okay it's it now's the time to do this so tell us now's the time yeah and um we have a foundation called the Global Family Foundation and please anyone that wants to get involved at whatever level here here is what we do we take either from an organization, a group of women, or a woman, it doesn't matter, $1,000, and we're going to endow it. It's Women Endowment, W-E, we, <laughs> we. I want to, uh, we are going to endow the first million dollars. So $1,000 a hit, you know, you, it just is numbers. It's just numbers. So now we have a million dollars endowed, and then we start using the proceeds from that endowment to build to a billion dollars. The revenue from a billion dollars, just depending on you know what you're doing, but it can be anywhere from let's say ten to thirty dollars a year. Uh, I'm sorry, ten million to thirty million dollars a year. So 
we can then never spend the principal and we can start looking at health, education, and public policy and start, if women don't understand that so much of this is about the money, <laughs> it's just about the money. So if we endow a billion dollars, I believe there are a million women in New York who can give $1,000. I think once we show that, you know, what, what we're doing and what the, where we can take this, I think you could have a billion-dollar endowment all around the country. You could probably have easily have a $10 billion endowment. And when I, when I hear the numbers that have been spent on this election and this cycle, I want to be physically ill. When we are so, our children are hurting, our, our schools are hurting, our educational system is hurting, our police are hurting, our healthcare workers are hurting, and we're funding this craziness of this, this political system that is totally out of control, in my opinion. So I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> no, wait, no, stay, but, no, no, stay on your soapbox. Ex explain the power of the women once they decide to, to take on a product. Explain well, to us how once, that. Well, once, once we have, can you imagine if we have the power to link a million women? A million women giving $1,000 is a billion-dollar endowment. So there are, so let's just leave it at that. A million women across the United States and each one or each group, whatever, however they want to do it, gives $1,000. So now we've got a billion, in, a billion dollars that we endow, meaning we never spend the principal. We just use the, the extra money that that billion dollar makes. Now, can you imagine a million women uh, saying, Johnson & Johnson, we would like 50% of your corporate board to be women. And General Motors, we would like 50% of your board to be women. And if, if, if we don't want, if, if we are networking the way that women can network and the way we should be networking, it is about our buying power. It is about our, our collectiveness. And once we can start understanding, once we do this once, I'm telling you this can be a huge, significant piece that we can change because men get paid on corporate boards. The amount of women on corporate boards, even today, is, is astonishingly low. And when you and I were doing this, there were basically no women on corporate boards. They've been forced, and the Me Too movement has been a great step up to just to just open up this this scar of physical, verbal, and mental abuse that has been going on for so long. So we have the opportunity to create this endowment. Anyone who's interested in being, you know, a board member, they just need to contact me. My contact information is, is there with everyone. 
And um, we can talk about the endowment. It's called the Global Family Foundation, and we're up and running and, and would, would love to, to start dividing up the, the country and having kind of captains in about 10 areas. 10, 10 times 10 is 100, and then 100 times 10 is 10,000. You know, I mean, it's just numbers. And it doesn't take much to get to a, a million women that can, can either come together with a group and give $1,000 or give $1,000 individually. And that money will never be, be spent. It will be an endowment that just perpetuates and perpetuates. And the more endowment we have, the more money we have to spend. And we can look at areas of, you know, like I say, basically health, education, and welfare. Not welfare, but health, education, and public policy. Because public policy is what set this stuff. I mean, we're now looking at public policy where they're not going to give the transition team any chance to transition because they're going to wait on a constitutional question. You know, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life, what we're doing in this country and the amount of money that we're spending to do it and will spend to do it. Yeah. Well, I know that what you're doing is very important now, and I hope that the people that are listening will... uh, the ones that are interested will contact you and, and put their hand up and say, count me in, because we really need to get this started on the planet, Because not only because of what's happening now, but what's going to happen in the future. We can tell that we, we've got to be prepared for very big plays that are coming, and that means we've got to get our big panties on. And now is the time <laughs> to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. So I would like to, to share you with our switchboard and and Ariel at this time and thank you so much uh, Lynn for being my friend and staying by me all these years and and thank you for uh, bringing to my life all the things that you brought and I know that you're going to bring more and I'm here to support you and stand beside you because my alignment is strong for what you're doing so back to you Ariel I I want to say I'm going to give you these two points it's called kiss 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 the ground it is very important on the environment. And the other one, is, and that's on Netflix, and the other one is Dr. David Attenborough's PBS special that is absolutely stunning and another way to help the earth. And it's called A Life on Our Planet. So for all of the listeners, if you're interested in our environment those two are really um, hopeful because they're they're solution based, right? And also, they need to to see Helen Reddy's movie too. It's on Netflix. Yes, yes. Every, every woman on the planet needs to see this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, thank you so much, Lynn, for for all that thank you do. You. And- and the thing that you're about to do in the future, we st- we stand with you. Hear that, okay? So back to you, Ariel. Okay. Well, um, first of all, um, I want to just say that if anyone has a question or or comment for Lynn, if you're already on the switchboard, then just press one on your keypad so that we know that you have a question. If you're listening on the computer, then just pick up the phone and dial nine one seven. 
889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1, and um, we'll get get your question on the air. So, um, gosh, I, I love listening. You are so passionate, Lynn, about your beliefs and, and what you know needs to happen. Um, and you've always been on the leading edge of, of, of change, especially with education. And um, I'm just really proud to know you. Well, thank you. And it, it's been my pleasure knowing you. We, we've had a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so first of all, I, I just want to um, mention again, uh, your website where people can contact you is magicofwhy.com. And uh, uh, I, I mean, you... I Pardon? Yeah. It, I, I was just going to spell it. Okay, magic, M-A-G-I-C of uh-huh. O-F-Y. W H Y. And um, is this, um, if if you would go into a little bit more of of how that process works um, for the um, for people that might be needing a similar thing and finding themselves in a situation like you were. Um, you said it was it was given to you, so it came from the other where. Yes, it came from the other space. But um, and and please, I I wanted to mention and 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 make the offer. If anyone would like to contact me at magicofwhy.com, and if you go to that website, L Harden at magicofwhy.com, you can contact me directly. And if you'll just put um, that from the show or Starcy, whatever you want to put to. Um, let me know that this is where it came from. I I would like to. I would be happy to do. Um, just uh, have some time with any of your listeners, and if they would like me to record a meditation, because it really is about getting calm down enough. When 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 I would get in traffic after, right after my accident, I literally would almost. Hyper, I, I would almost be in a hyperventilating state and couldn't move. And I would have to pull off the road and do the, the circling up from the magic of why and getting in that space of love and trust and caring and sharing and allowing and circling that up and to get my mind calm enough so I could remember where I needed to go. If the traffic was bad... If I got fearful, I was done until I could get off the road, literally get off the road, calm down, circle up, and do a little meditation and reconnect the dots to where I had to go. So I am happy. I know that this time is so filled with consternation that I am happy to do that um, just as a... Gratis and and would be happy to record just a, a meditation for someone if they needed that. Oh, that's so kind of you. So, um, if if any of our listeners do want to go to your website, um, you fill out the contact and your email address is on that um, website, and just put you know Starseed Radio or you know uh, Starseed Hotline or something to indicate that you heard that you met Lynn through this show, 
um, and she'll take care of you. And, you know, that's it's something, I mean, everybody, even if they didn't have some, you know, major trauma like you did being in a car accident, sometimes things just get so intense that, you know, you can get really kind of uh, turned sideways. And when you realize that you're kind of in a whirlpool and you feel like you can't get out, that's when this process would be really helpful if I'm, if I'm understanding you correctly. Sure. Well, and just, you know, I, I, you can, you can use it anytime just to kind of settle down. And, and what I do when I do, when I do this work, um, I, I, I sort of um, gear it to the, to the individual because we're not all exactly the same and, you know, although the the basically trying to get into love and cooperation uh, is is where you're going, but it it can be um, I can do it more specifically for the individual. So that's that's a really generous offer. So um, anyone listening, take it you know take advantage of that because. Um, Lynn is very, very capable and competent. And you've learned a lot and you've done a lot. Um, and you've always, I mean, when you went to, uh, you went to Switzerland, you went to Saudi Arabia, um, this has been going on for decades with you, working and supporting <laughs> the feminine. You know, I mean, yeah. you have, yeah. you've been on that horse for a long time and you just, you're just unwavering. So, uh, you know, on behalf of women everywhere, we're really happy that you're out there and, and focused in your leading and helping women that um, maybe don't have the experience or the knowledge um, or the freedom to take charge like that. They can at least participate. So, um, and if if there were people that want to um, contribute to the um, Women's Empowerment Foundation, um, is that something that, that if they just go to the magic of why they can get information yeah, about just that let from me you? No, yeah, if you bet, whatever, wh- however they'd like to participate, I'll be happy to reach out and and give them, you know, the the next step. Okay. Well, that's great. That's great. And so, um, I mean, and this, this foundation, this, this endowment fund um, will be, once it's established, then the... Uh, it, it, it is established. Uh, but, and we're just working. We will not spend any, no money will be spent until the first million dollars is, is collected. And then we'll, we'll, that will be, we'll use we'll use the um, proceeds of that million to build to a billion. So there's like uh, uh, interest or dividends that is on the principal, so you, sure. you work with, you work with sure. the dividends and, and not touch the principal. That's right. That's right. Okay. I mean, uh, Princeton University probably is endowed for Stanford University is endowed. These are all endowments. That's how these, universities and that's how that's how any nonprofit can sustain itself is it has to be able to get enough money to ha- hold the principal and just work off the um uh, off the money that the principal 
uh, allows. Well, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. But yeah. you've always been Absolutely. really good. <laughs> you've always been really good with business, but it's it's heart centered, and and you know, empowering the feminine. And and I like that you said earlier uh, it doesn't have to do with gender. No, um, it really you know, doesn't. But but it is about it is about the feminine model, the women's model, not not the the hierarchical model that we keep trying to shove down our throats. It doesn't work. It does not work. We have got to circle up and get it together and reach out yeah. our hands to one another, and you know, get over this. Gosh, you know, when you were talking about, um, you know, this this <clears throat> women's circle, like going to um, somebody like Johnson & Johnson and saying you have to have 50% uh, women on your board of directors. Um, and then I, I was waiting for you to say, and if you don't, we're going to boycott your products. Because if the well, women control and, and the money and the financial point. decisions... Exactly. Can you imagine? Let's think about General Mills. We're not buying any of your cereal until we have representation. We're not buying any of your cars until we have representation. We we are the spenders. 80% of all the money spent is 90% of all the checks written are signed by a woman. Uh, so we yeah, have you no talked about idea. That. We have no idea the power that we have that we just throw away. I know when you were at the Quest with us, um, it was like a year and a half or two years ago, and and you made mm-hmm. that point. And and I think if if I remember correctly, you said something like, you know, like eighty percent of the financial decisions in this country are made by women, even if it's just which cereal to buy or which car, you know, big or, big or small, doesn't matter. But um, the women have had the, have had the power, and like you said, they're just not using it, you know, yeah. constructively. We, we, are not, we, we are not standing in to the, the uh, you know, <laughs> I am woman, hear me roar in numbers too big to ignore. It is so time for us to stand up and not run over anybody, but stand up and do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've, I've made the point uh, many times in the past that we're not going for a matriarchy because that would, that would be kind of out of balance too, but it's about the balance and cooperation with the, with the two polarities, masculine and feminine. And, I mean, there are women that need to have their feminine increased. There are men that need to have their masculine increased. So it's not just strictly about, you know, gender, but the women um, especially have to have um, realize that they've got more power than they think they do. And if you And with your endowment, helping to organize that, that's a force to be reckoned with. Let, let, let me just say that if we really understood this, there are no children. There is no life without us. And you talk yeah, about well, power. I mean, <laughs> let's yeah. just face the fact. 
we 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 have <laughs> i mean this is it's just silly for us not to be cooperating with everyone we but we have got to we have got to bring this model you know it's always been there it it's just been um it's been rebuked. It's been demonized. I mean, right. You know, and part of it, yeah. part of it is because there is because there is so much power in women. Yeah, and 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 having having women in places of power is. What, what you're suggesting, or what you're what you're um, trying to build, is, is not having a place in of power in the hierarchy, but having a completely a place at the new table. a place at the table, right? You know, a we, round we, table. We, yeah, and we've been talking about we've been talking about the glass ceiling for so long that. You know, and yes, there are there are places that the glass ceiling has been broken, but my goodness, there there are so many opportunities that that we could be um, building on and 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 utilizing. And again, this is not to diminish anyone else's value. This is just to bring up and 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 honor our value. The value of the feminine. So, <clears throat> equality and and compassion. Um, um, I mean, as you said, love, trust, care, share, and allow. That's the the model, and it's for everybody, and not just it's for everybody. and not just yeah. So it's for everybody. well, this has just been this this has just been so wonderful to have you with us tonight. And uh, <clears throat> you always you speak very passionately, and and that's really what it takes to to you know uh, to get people motivated and inspire them, and to realize uh, that well, what, and, you, what and, you're saying is so true. Well, and and these young people, um, you know, we're seeing changes, and and they're going to be the heroes. You know they're the, they're going to be the ones that that make all of this happen, but we've got we've got to get on with it. You know, it's the right. time has come. Yeah, yeah. It's and 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 for for men as as much as women. I mean, I I, I come from from a very matriarchal family. I had no idea until I was in college that there was ever a family that preferred that gave preferential treatment to the boys rather than the girls. I was in shock when I found out talking to a a, a girl, you know, in in the lunchroom. She talked about the boys in her family always got the cream and they got the milk first. I said, "Really?" <laughs> it, it was shocking uh-huh. to me. That's like medieval. Because we, well, we belittled the man in my family, and it was terrible. And I, and we, the the girls in my, there are three boys and three girls, and the the women were so much more revered, and and so and and it's hard to, you know, 
to to understand that that men you know don't cry, don't do this, you have to do this. It it's it's as bad on that side of it and and let me tell you, I was abusive, not because as a child, not because I you know, wanted to do anything to my brothers, but just because that's what we were taught. So if you grow up in a family where the boys are always better, well, that's what you believe. So, so it has you know, started at a really getting, young age. Us, well, and getting us getting this balance is better for both the the young men and the young girls and the adults as well, because you learn to function in a whole and in a cooperative way, rather than one is better than the other. Right, right. So um, we do have a, a a comment from one of our producers, okay. Fiona. So let me, right. let me let me get that okay. mic open here. So um, okay, okay, Fiona, you're on. Hi, Lynn. Um, I'd like to thank you for all of the things that you've said tonight. I am a very uh, – it just makes me heartfelt thankful for the things that you are saying tonight about women and their role and um, their part in the goddess or as a collective goddess on this planet. And I'd like to thank you for being here tonight, and I thank you for expressing that. And um, – I'd like to bring to the sword, I, I thought it's not so much as a, sometimes I think we seem to see it as a, uh, it's either male or female or we're an exact balance. And I don't see it so much as a balance as like, as much as an ebb and flow of a tide that um, makes it more natural rather than just a dam. And um, I see that the age of Aquarius is upon us come December. And the goddess will be coming in. And I happen to belong to a group that's called the Secret Agents for the Goddess. So uh-huh. I'd, I'd like you to, <laughs> I know, Secret Agent. But sometimes we like to remain more subdued and not put ourselves out there as much. Should we put be putting ourselves out there or should we be maintaining that beautiful current, that ebb and flow? Where should we go as females? that takes us to this place that brings us to the balance you speak of. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Well, if you want my opinion, it is time to stand up. And and that doesn't mean that you have to be aggressive, but you have to be identified and you have to have a voice. I believe, you know, and you're talking about the age of Aquarius, um, yeah. I honestly believe that we are coming into this age and you know it's going to take it's a long long time to get into it and and you know yeah. I mean I was at the Gary Theater in San Francisco when they were singing mm-hmm. the dawning of the age of Aquarius so I I <laughs> yes. oh it's it's this has been going on a long time that we're going to get into Aquarius but truly um the Aquarian is the water giver, and and I believe that women have a covenant that we are yes. not standing up to, and that mm-hmm. covenant is time to say, I I I'm here and I'm I'm ready to go, and yes. we cannot be silent anymore. 
I, I when yes. when uh, Lavendar told me about we were talking about a goddess and I looked up and there's there's one goddess that has been through practically before the Bronze Age and there's a um, yes. there's an actual uh, you may know her name Estarta is it Estarta Yes I'm Astarte. close yeah okay yeah yeah Estarta all right uh, okay. So they have in, I believe, the museum, in, in one of the great museums, is her body, her, her statue. It's, it's oh. marble. It's, it's beautiful. She's got these big blue, I mean, big purple stone eyes. Her, you oh. know, belly and hips are big because she's for fertility. She's the goddess of fertility, mm-hmm. love, and war. But you know what she doesn't mm-hmm. have? A mouth. What? Ah. No mouth. She can't speak. Oh, so it is time to put the mouth on the goddesses and get them <laughs> out and speaking. <laughs> I think you're right up there. That is so, I, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for that. So you yes. and your group need to stand up and talk and, and, and dialogue. Yes. You know, the, the dialogue with, with Socrates and Plato and all of that great Greek history was to, to better yourself. It was not about yes. an organization. This was about personal development. This was about challenging yes. yourself, getting better for yourself, having that dialogue. Yes. Mm-hmm. We've got to stand and I can, up and be counted. And I can say... I have done that for a number of years, and I've taken a lot of hits for it, um, but it hasn't <laughs> broken me inside because I feel like I'm okay. I've always been okay with it. I always know that I'm okay. I just know that I'm okay. You can hit me with whatever, but I'm okay in my I'm, – I'm half of everything that ever is with all of my feminine sisters, and you can't break me. Uh, that's how I feel about it. So, uh, uh, yes, maybe on this planet and this structure, we, we have been the underdog, but I don't feel as if they can break me, and I hope my sisters feel the same way, that we are valuable, we are wanted, we are needed. We are needed. And, and another thing that you said about nurturing or, or females deciding – or whether we want to mate with, it is like Mother Earth. She is the same. If you don't treat her right, she will not give you a full harvest. She will not. Um, her harvest will, uh, yes. Well, look what we're doing to the water and the forest. and we, We've just gotten this planet so hot and so um, in, in such conflict. And we've got to yes. stop it. And and it's the women that can do that. Uh huh. We need to. We have to. Agreed. <laughs> we yes. have yes. to. We have to. I will change that to we have to. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you so much. Good. Thank you. Good comment there, Fiona. Okay. Thank you. So, um, I think that's it for us here tonight. And uh, Lynn, I just I want to thank you so much for the the strength 
and the the work that you do to make the world better. And you have been all over this planet doing that. So you are a treasure, and you take care, and hopefully we'll get to see you again when people can start traveling. That will be great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, Thanks so everyone, audience. you're welcome. Go to the magic of why, magic, M-A-G-I-C, of, O-F, Y, W-H-Y, dot com, to um, talk to Lynn and take advantage of all she's got to offer. So we will be back in two weeks. And in the meantime, take care and live in compassion and gratitude. Until next time, good night, everyone. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.